Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Ritter. I am your host of Credit Union Conversations and the CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending. Uh, we're so pleased that, that, that the credit union community has supported this podcast as we help out to make you a little, give you a little bit more education in your day. Please, on your favorite audio platform, go ahead and subscribe and it'll come right up on your way to work or at the gym or going for a walk around your neighborhood. We have a bit of an internal show today, and joining me is a newcomer to MBFS, and Craig Page is the new Chief Revenue Officer at MBFS. Craig, thanks for joining us, and thanks for letting me bug you for a little bit of your day. Mark, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to your audience and for the opportunity to join MBFS. Glad to be part of the team. Well, we don't have to do another interview uh, since you're already here, but for the listeners and those of you who might not have known you in the past, uh, give us a little bit of your origin story and uh, you can tell people what you'll be up to here at MBFS. Terrific. Thank you. Um, I started out in commercial real estate syndication and development a number of years ago. After that, I moved over into corporate real estate departments, both for a regional savings bank located in Southern California and also for countrywide home loans for a number of years. After that, I migrated into the CUSO, starting out in risk management and then working in the executive management. Um, and I've been in the CUSO space for about the last 15 years. So one of the things that we're really looking forward to you bringing to MBFS is a much more national focus to our commercial real estate loan originations. And and as we've talked, I've been involved uh, with credit unions for about 20 years now, makes me feel old. And we tended to focus much more on what I'll call local or regional deals versus opening up to the whole nation when, when you look at it. And I've always told people, you know, just because a deal is close to you doesn't make it a better deal. Uh, Sometimes the best deals and quality deals are out of your marketplace. So when you first talk with credit unions, what, what do you counsel with them about looking at deals more on a broader space as opposed to just what's in their backyard? Great question, Mark. I think that there is is value, um, clearly, in credit unions looking at loans and opportunities that are in their backyard, because it's obviously the market that they know the best. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with, as part of a risk management strategy, taking that portfolio once you have established a, a basis in your own backyard and branching that out into other geographic regions or other product types. And, and it needs to be a risk management strategy, not just a, I like what this particular product looks like or where it's located. That Those aren't reasons to make commercial loans. The, the commercial loans need to be made upon 
the metrics and upon the risk management methodology of the credit union itself. So I think looking at a broader region makes sense as long as you're doing it in the lens of a risk management. I think one of the big differences today as opposed to 20 years ago when I started in credit unions is access to technology and access to information. People focus, you know, it was always the, the, what the people used to tell me, well, I want to, if I, if, if I can drive to it, I'm fine. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and, and part of that was, well, if I can drive to it, I can learn about it. But in today's world, there's so much more information to property reports and areas. And, and, and it's probably much more healthier if you learn about a property as opposed to just simply driving past it and saying, oh, that looks like a nice property. Where, But you also need to complement that with information and research and, and understanding that area versus just simply saying, oh, that's an hour from me. So that makes it a good loan. Uh, so, so what what do you think about that in terms of the access to the technology today and information as opposed to what I'll call the old days for us? I, no, I to- completely agree, Mark. I think that the access to technology and the access to information in general um, has made us all better and smarter at what we do. And I think that hearkening back to the olden days, I agree. There were a lot of credit unions that were not as sophisticated and the credit union staff that were not as sophisticated as they are now. Um, I have seen a lot of improvement in the professionalism and the tools that are available to those um, individuals within the credit union space. And I I agree with you. I think that it's a part of, as I said, the risk management methodology, but it's also a technology play as well. You're right. You have have to do your research. On our last episode, we had the NCUA vice chair, Kyle Hauptman, on, and we were talking a lot about credit unions remaining relevant today. And I see commercial real estate as one way to remain relevant, but I also see it as a way to manage the risk in your portfolio. And one thing he talked about was credit unions can't eliminate. If you, if you, we, we talked about if you eliminate your risk to zero, you'll never make a loan and you'll, you won't have a very successful credit union. So tell me a little bit about the risk management pool, uh, tools that you think credit unions should be really be looking at in their portfolio. Great question. I, I agree. What we don't want to do is make the credit unions irrelevant. I think that looking at commercial real estate lending, the a lot of the arguments I used to hear about um, are the reasons that credit unions didn't want to become involved in commercial real estate lending is because of the number of zeros behind the initial number. They, they got scared by the, the, the sheer size of it. I think that the advent of the participation loan, um, especially within the credit union space, has really helped. Coming in and, and being able to participate in a loan as a credit union with other credit unions that I know and trust um, certainly helps mitigate the risk to some extent. Um, but I think looking at, as you said, Mark, the information that's available readily about what the 
is happening in that particular geo region. Is there a reason that you wouldn't want to invest, for example, um, in Southern California real estate? Well, if you don't know anything about the seismic activity in, in Southern California, it's probably not the best place to, to start out. But there are a lot of opportunities to learn about what the, the various risks and the various rewards are in, in any geographic region. And as I said, I think once a basis in your own georegion that, that you can start branching out, but it certainly should be done carefully, cautiously, and, and according to a plan. Good advice. So let's talk a little bit about the one piece that I get asked more than anything else. And people say, what do you think about the commercial real estate market today? What about COVID? What about this? What about what's the marketplace place? What's the economic uncertainty? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, the, the last few years have seen an absolute topsy-turvy marketplace. But some principles today. What, what, what do you th- see as some of the areas that are much more stabilized and some areas that you're also seeing that what I'll call red hot, um, where sometimes it's good, but maybe that's not as sustainable. Um, and, and, and some of the trends that you see in terms of property types and regions and things along that nature. I get the same questions all the time. And I think that what we need to remind all of our credit union participants is what we're looking to do is what credit unions have always done and done well, and that is looking at the risk factors that go into underwriting any loan, be it a commercial loan, a residential loan, or a car loan for for that matter. What we want to do is make sure that we are looking at, at all the metrics. A number of lenders ran into trouble before the, the downturn in 2009 because we became overly optimistic, or a lot of lenders became overly optimistic and started moving away from what we've always done, air quotes. Um, we, we don't want to get into making loans that are above, pick a number, 75% loan to value. You want to make sure that your debt service and your LTV are numbers that your credit union is comfortable with and they're according to your written and established credit guidelines. And anytime you start moving outside of, of the guidelines for an opportunity, it's the wrong investment to make. So there's a lot of, of markets that are red hot or have been red hot. Um, but a lot of that's changed too, Mark, to your point um, with COVID. I mean, Los Angeles was a huge market. New York was a great market. And it was hard to go wrong in in many instances in those markets, but COVID's changed a lot of that. I mean, people are not necessarily commuting into the office. They're able to work remote. Um, So a lot of those things have, have changed. I think that we need to, as I said, just look at what, what has been established as the baseline and not veer too far off of it. I, I think you're, a, you're absolutely correct. Sometimes boring is okay. And sometimes it's okay to be nice and stable. Uh, you know, there, there's always those segments that are higher risk. Um, 
and 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 in today's world, maybe that aging strip mall that's not in a great location, that older hotel, uh, maybe the that aging independent gas station. These are higher risk and, and not exactly quality assets, but there are a lot of other quality assets out to offset that. And, and people, I, I've always joked. Uh, you know, people say, well, I should never do a loan to a gas station. And to which I say, well, if I just did loans to Wawa and Sheets, my life would be very boring. And I would love to do those all day. Just give me Wawa and Sheets locations and I would be perfectly happy. <laughs> so right. those are gas stations. You know, there, there, there's quality in any every segment. But is are there any segments that you get a little more nervous about? Or, or maybe the areas that you you should be cautious or credit unions should investigate much more. Great point, Mark. To your point, gas station very well may be a good investment for a credit union if a credit union is familiar with the components that are necessary to make that loan, such as is it a aging gas station with the old standard of USTs or underground storage tanks that were utilized, or is it is it a newer underground storage tank? You know, commercial strip mall, as you, to your point. Is it, a, is it a good investment for a credit union? Well, the question is, what are the reserves that are put aside for an aging um, strip mall or for a new strip mall? A new strip mall may, may look sexy and it may be may look good but what's the cash flow on it and are there adequate reserves um, should one of those new tenants bed bath and beyond or someone else um, suddenly go under so there's there's really no magic answer mark it's it's you know i hate to say it but it's boring you you need to make sure that your team is assessing what the risk is and the reward is on, on any potential loan. Don't care what, what type it is. It just needs to be fully vetted by your team. Yeah, there, there's sometimes a frustration with people uh, because I think they want a black and white answer. And we tend to live in a world of gray. Properties can be really nice, but at some price and debt level, they don't cash flow. And sometimes properties are average quality, but they perform pretty well. Um, but you just have to really look and see what it's what the projection is going to be like for five, ten years from now. Uh, there, there's a lot of people who, fi- you know, fi- like I said, five years ago, seven years ago, financed a property with Bed Bath and Beyond and said they have this beautiful publicly right. traded company in there. And uh, today, it's not so much. So you have to be willing to accept that risk. And, and to your point, Mark, conversely, there's there are a lot of credit unions who refuse to look at anything like an RV park. But I got to tell you, a lot of those RV parks return time two times cash flow. So they're not, air quote, sexy, but they, they may be a very sound investment for the credit union to look at, as long as the credit union understands RV parks and the ups and downs and the cyclical nature of many of them. Absolutely. So let's look back. Uh, you know, you you had it, it's been an interesting 2022, um, and, and the NCUA just looked back, at, just released some of the data. 
and we did some of the analysis on it and let's just kind of look at uh how how our things have gone and, and some i have told people we have had a great 2022 just in the first six months if we did nothing in the last half of the year uh which obviously isn't going to be the case uh 2022 was just a boom time for us and i could not have been more wrong when it comes to the uh i couldn't have been more wrong when it comes to the numbers that we were going to do in 2021 which was a great year our numbers were up 50 percent from uh 2022 uh, you, you had a great year uh, at, at your previous position. I mean, what what do you really think of what was uh, was the cause and of this great year people had from a lending standpoint? I, great question. I think the, that as you know, values were up nationwide. So the the real estate market commercial real estate market, the residential market as well, was a great place to be investing money. And I think that, that everyone anticipated that the Fed was going to raise rates and everyone went, let's let's get in on on the the lending spree or the buying spree before the rates go up. And I think that there was a a, just a, an incredible amount of opportunity and an incredible amount of activity um, in the commercial lending space because there were so many opportunities. Yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was a great time. Credit uh, that we're seeing, the credit in the cash flow, it is still there. If you look at apartment buildings, people still have jobs and people still have low unemployment. Uh, and it's a shame that people are paying higher rent these days, but people are paying higher rent these days, and it's feeding through to the uh, to to our business. Uh, many credit unions that when they look at their residential real estate, they are struggling uh, when it comes to the mortgage volume. Rates have went up. The refinances have basically been eliminated. And, and what I've told people is, people need somewhere to live but they're living in properties I finance instead of buying that house, uh, which is an unfortunate scenario, but that, that feeds through to us. So what do you think is the second half of the year is going to look like? Uh, because we've all seen a, already a little bit of a change in scenario and financial conditions for the balance sheets of, of our credit union partners. What do you think is gonna look like uh, through the next six to nine months. You're, you're correct, Mark, we have. We've all seen the, the liquidity challenges that the credit unions um, are, seem to be facing recently in the second half of the year. I think that that is driven, um, in large part, stimulus money has, has stopped. That was, was a huge boon for many consumers and, and many investors as well. There were a lot of programs that were out there, including PPP and um, others that were out there. And I think that people were socking away money in the credit unions. And so there were, were ex liquid, excess capital and liquidity that was available to lend. And I think that as the, the inflation has increased and the stimulus money has, has drawn up, that it has caused 
credit unions to pause, as, as well as banks and, lend, and other lenders, and, and really make sure that they have the liquidity that's necessary for them to move forward. So I think we're going to see a slowdown, um, as we've already seen in the second half of the year. Um, I don't think it's going to be as devastating as, as some of the slowdowns that we saw 0809. Um, but I think that, that everyone is trying to understand what the, the geopolitical uh, forces are and what's going to happen with the Fed. And is there going to be any other backlash from COVID or are we in a new normal? Yeah, what I've really told uh, our partners is to focus on deals that they can fund or would fund themselves. And if they need to participate it out, it's not going to make or break the deal. Uh, you know, the, the, there a few years there was a, a practice with, with some segments of just, I'm going to originate massively large deals. I'm going to collect a big fee. I'm going to sell it off because I could sell it off 20 times over. But that's a little bit harder than, than what it was before, uh, just because of that credit union liquidity tightening. And, and I think that will stabilize over time as their investments start to, to roll off and it becomes cash and, and rates uh, we'll, we'll eventually flatten out at some point. I wish I knew when that was, but they'll, they'll <laughs> flatten out and stop rate being raised at some point, and, and, and we'll get into a higher rate but stable environment. So, so yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting time, and I really think that that focus on deals you can control and fund as opposed to these massive deals are. I, I think that's going to be in vogue, and that's what you should should focus on and and there are participation partners that's out there it's not that there's zero uh it's just that supply and demand is coming into balance a little bit more so i i agree mark and i think going back to what you just said if a credit union's looking at a participation loan is it part of their overall strategy business strategy if it is, then as you said, go ahead and, and do the deal. But it's we don't want to find our our partners chasing after the fees, and I'm and I know the NCUA doesn't want them doing that. If it, if the deal makes sense and it's a little bit bigger, as you said, then you can bite off. Then great work out, work with some other credit unions to make that deal happen. But the fees aren't the reason to be making it. The the underlying metrics of the loan itself being within your standard guidelines are the reasons you should be doing the loan. So we're both of the age where we have been through a couple economic cycles and we have seen some boom times. We've seen some higher rate times. We've seen some lower rate times. We've seen some recessions. We've seen some peaks, but in the in the commercial side there's always that steady demand uh yes. it, unlike the mortgage industry where you see some booms and busts uh, there's always a steady demand for loans and, and there are always a steady supply of people who pay their loans uh the the entire world does not fall apart and like you said even i we believe all, all believe that if there 
that that this is will be a relatively soft recession if it ever gets classified as a real recession it'll be relatively softer but what do you tell people and, and look for in those loan originations during where where it's not perfect times uh maybe it's a little more uncertain i think that what we want to do is make sure that we're stress testing the loan to make sure that should it be shocked by an interest rate or should it be shocked by a tenant such as Bed Bath & Beyond moving out or should it it be shocked by anything that the, the basic metrics are there and that the underwriting has been done in such a way that you can weather that storm that the borrower is going to be okay, that they're putting aside appropriate cash reserves, that they have sufficient liquidity, that you have a strong enough guarantor, that all of the things that you're looking at um, as you're underwriting the loan and looking at it in across the entire spectrum, that those things are in place. I mean, going back to when I started in real estate syndication and development, Interest rates were 13.5% on commercial loans. We got loans done, to your point, Mark. And, and all you have to do is you have to make sure that you are underwriting it appropriately and stress testing it for, for those possible conditions that can happen. And we never know what all of them are, but, but we have some good analysts and we do know how to test for those things that, that could possibly happen. I always like to tell people that all these things that you're worried about when you're looking at a loan today are the things that you should be worrying about when times are perfect and you're in a boom time and it's really good because you're looking at it as in the best case scenario where sometimes it, I almost think it's a little bit easier to look at a loan under some rougher conditions because you're looking at it after with some dings and some dents as opposed to when it's the prettiest and it's always perfect so so it, it's you know the the things that you're doing now and the, the concerns that you have now are the concerns you sh always should have uh, but sometimes we're more worried about getting the loan and, and and making sure we're keeping everybody happy and having those difficult conversations instead of doing it when times are tougher and you're really focused on the negatives. So. Yep, I think it goes, harkens back to make sure that you are fully underwriting and vetting the loans. It, it, you're right, Mark. It doesn't really matter what the market's doing. The, the factors are still going to be the same. You still need to shock it. You need to stress test the loan and you need to make sure that you're, that you're looking at it with eyes wide open, given the conditions that we're currently in, whatever those are. So, well, Craig, uh, now that you've been here a couple weeks and <laughs> figured out how to log into the computer system and got all your passwords down and did all the HR testing and introductory testing and all of those to all the classes. Uh, so we're, we're really looking forward to get, having you out there in the marketplace and working with our clients and, and maybe people that, that you did with in the past. It's, it's a great opportunity, Mark. I appreciate you bringing me on. Um, it's a great team of people at MBFS, and I'm, I'm very blessed to be part of the team. Well, we love having you here, and, and we're sure you're going to do a wonderful uh, job and help out a lot of credit unions. 
So this is Mark Ritter. Thank you for joining me at Credit Union Conversations. Please go ahead and subscribe on your favorite audio platform. And you can listen to us in the car, at the gym, uh, put us on the headphones at work, uh, and listen at your convenience. And hopefully uh, you, you pick up some a little bit of new knowledge this day. And we will talk to you soon and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.